Hello, everybody, and welcome to our second episode of Honestly, Let's Talk with me, Todd Nesloni, and my co-host, Johora. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? We are so excited to be back with everybody again. Last week, we got to talk about identity, and so we hope you go back and check out that episode. But Johora, what are we talking about today? Today, Todd, we are talking about something that has actually been a huge struggle for me in my life, and that is establishing and maintaining boundaries. Mm, I know that when you brought this up, I thought, oh, okay, yeah, we can definitely have some things to talk about here. Because I think everybody at some point in their life has had to establish boundaries, even when they didn't realize they were establishing boundaries. So I guess, I mean, where, where do you want to start? Mm, well, let's talk. Has this been an easy thing for you to do? Like just oh establishing God. boundaries and with whom? You know, I, I would say no, but I think in some ways it is. I think it, I, for me, it depends on the person I'm dealing with. If I'm totally right. frustrated and like at my wits end, I can establish some boundaries and put those in. But <laughs> right. it's like somebody that I am really close to or I always give them another shot, another shot, another shot. It's like, it's really difficult for me to establish those boundaries. So I don't think it's easy for me to say yes or no on, on whether it's difficult for me. It's kind of depends on the person. What about you? I agree. It definitely depends on the person. Um, I think establishing boundaries with like your family is really, mm -hmm. really hard. People who are very close to you. It's so difficult um, to, to tell them no, or I am not okay with this. And that is something that, um, that is huge and something that, that I am consistently working on just because I think it's fear of how people are going to look at you or feel yeah. fear about what people are going to think about you because you're establishing these boundaries. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because when I think about my own family and the relationship that I have with them, it's actually, that's where it's easy for me to put boundaries is <laughs> with my family. I'm like, I could lay them suckers out and put some boundaries there because it's like, you know what, your family, you're not going anywhere. And so I can put those boundaries in there. For me, it's more difficult to put boundaries with my friends or with colleagues or um, just boundaries in my life too, with myself sometimes, with people who I, because when I make friends and when I build those relationships, I make them like family in my eyes. And so I think that's why I know they can leave because there's no tie outside of a friendship. So I tend to not put as strict a boundaries on those relationships as a, with my family. Uh, see, and I'm the complete opposite because like we were always ingrained that your family is, is who is by you and Whatever they say, you really need to take to heart and you need to care about what they say yeah. um, and you need uh, what they say matters. And it's yeah. kind of like it's not just your life, it's our life. And that's been difficult of, oh, no, I'm an individual and it's OK for me not to do the things, the same things that y'all have always done. Well, you know, it's funny you share that because I think this kind of goes back also again to our conversation in the last episode about identity. Because when I think about that conversation, that was something you and I talked about how we had to grow into and how we're still growing into it. And when I think about the conversation of boundaries, I feel like that's something I'm still growing in. There are areas I'm getting better in, but there's still areas I know I need to have a lot of growth. Do you kind of see it the same way? or? I definitely for sure see it the same way about there is a lot of growth. I would say like as I've gotten older, um, it's getting easier to understand that, oh, I'm just, the reason why I'm establishing boundaries is to protect myself. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I've, um, my 
therapist has talked to me about is if you don't protect yourself, who will? Yeah. So that was like, oh, yeah, I need to establish these boundaries because otherwise I can't be my best self. Well, you know, and I had to get over the idea that taking care of yourself is selfish. I think, and I, and I don't know if that's from my upbringing or from my natural inclination to pour into others, but I, I think it's always been in my mindset of, well, you know, if you set aside time for you and somebody else doesn't get that time, you're being selfish because they need you. Or if you set aside time for you and you don't get this one thing checked off on your list for your job, you're being selfish because they're paying you to do your job. And for years, I would work myself to the bone. I'd bend over backwards. I'd go financially in the hole trying to help support people, all because I felt like that's what has to come first. That's that that's the, what needs me. And if I stop and take care of myself, that's so selfish and so self-absorbed and, and it's so not the thing we should be doing. But the reality is you've got to get over yourself and you've got to realize that if you don't take care of you, like you said, who else will? And then who are you going to be good for? Exactly. Now, it's interesting because as you were talking, I was thinking about, I think it might be difficult for women because we're conditioned to always say okay we're conditioned to always be flexible with our boundaries um i I don't know as as a man do you feel like you have any pushback or anything um when you establish boundaries do people kind of do they let you like just establish your boundary and just say oh okay and they accept it or do they keep trying to push you you know, the gender role of this idea, this conversation is interesting. I hadn't thought about it from that way, but reflecting right now, you think, you know, I think when I think of the stereotypical man and who he is supposed to be in my head, you know, I've, I've been raised that that's the protector. That's the one who does whatever it takes, who is always the one that is the strong one. And I think that that has affected the way I put boundaries in, in different parts of my life, because I'm like, no, I have to be this person. I have to do this role because the man holds that role. But I think also as conversations have evolved over the last decade, over stereotypical roles of male and female, I think that there've been times where my family that is more evolved in those conversations have been able, and my friends have been able to push back and say, okay, just because you're the man in this situation doesn't mean you run this, this. And I'm like, okay, I needed somebody to say that to me. Thank you. I can take a step back. I can put this in place. And so I think, you know, those people who are more progressive in that mindset are more willing to stand up against gender norms. Um, But for me and myself, I don't, I don't really see anything strongly coming through except for the fact of, how I was raised of what a man is supposed to be that affects some of the decisions I try to make. And I have to stop sometimes and think, okay, I really need to think through this just as an individual period about me and who I am, not the stereotypical version of who I think I should be. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I I would say I would timidly try to establish a boundary like, Oh no, you know, I'm really not okay with this. And then, but it was like a feather, you know, you could blow me over at any moment. If you were to say, well, are you sure? You know, I really need you to do this for me. I I, I think it's been the most difficult, especially with friends. Um, just, well, no, like I need you, I need you to do this for me. And it's like, Oh, 
okay, like I know I'm stretched very thin, but mm-hmm. I, I will try and make it work. Um, well, you know, I'd, I'd love but, to ask something there though. You know, we absolutely. talked about gender, but also as a woman of color and thinking about using your voice in the workplace specifically is what my head goes to. Um, you know, do you find it more difficult to set boundaries with those you work with or with your supervisors um, and using your voice to set those boundaries? Because I think sometimes my family voice is very different than my professional voice. Absolutely. I, I have to think about it in a, in a different way because I have to really pay attention to my tone and it, it's the worst. It's not fair. Um, it's not right. But I find myself constantly thinking about, oh, well, if I am saying something that is, you know, dissent or going against the grain, I need to say it nicely. Mm-hmm. I need to make sure that my voice is very soft. Because even if I say it in a regular voice, I, I, I feel like I have a very powerful just sounding voice in general. <laughs> yes, you do. But, you do. But, you're so you're very passionate like, when you speak. That's what it is. You're just yes. Passionate. Yes, exactly. So I have to like, tone it down or in my mind I feel like I have to tone it down because automatically I'll get labeled as well why are you speaking to me that way or why are you so angry and it's like no like have you not been listening to me for the past 30 minutes when we were just talking about the weather I'm just passionate about everything (laughs) but yes I I do um if I say I feel like I'm not allowed to show my emotions when I'm establishing a boundary that is an attack on like my identity. So yeah. no, I, 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 I don't want to be the one to contact this parent that has been uh, repeatedly racist towards right. me. This is something that I need you to do. Yeah. Um, but I'll say it like, uh, I'm, I'm just really tired. Um, I don't feel comfortable talking to this yeah. parent. And, but it's like in my, in my heart, I'm so upset. <laughs> Because yeah. of this, this 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 attack, I feel like so. Yes, I definitely feel like I have to um, minimize my feelings, and I have to really pay attention to my tone. Otherwise, people focus on my tone and not what I'm trying to say. You know, it's interesting as we have this conversation because I'm reflecting more again about what we talked about just a second ago too. And you know, I think one thing that my privilege affords me that I take for granted is being a white middle class male that there are automatic boundaries that I don't have to set because society set them for me. Mm. And I've had many instances being an educational leader, whether that's on campus or when I do speaking or different things like that, where I really have to focus on the situation and what privileges I'm being afforded in that situation and how I need to change the way I speak or speak up for others because it's easy to not reflect on that. It's easy for me to just say, well, can't you just stand up and say that like I did and it was totally fine and nobody had a problem. Well, that may have been because I'm a guy in that role or that may have been because I'm a white male in that role or because I'm middle class or above in that role. And so I think reflecting on that too, when it comes to boundaries, it's, that's why it's so different for everybody. That's why when I read something online of somebody just saying something so insignificant as, or not insignificant, but so inconsequential as, you know, set a boundary, it's good for you. I'm like, well, you know, I need a little bit more than that because I may have these things in my life that make setting that boundary that was easy for you really hard for me. Yes, it's not culturally responsive or sensitive. Like we have to think about that. Like as as a black woman, um, it, 
me setting boundaries is very different because there's often a lot of pushback or clapbacks, especially in the workplace. Especially, well, you know, I think too culturally, probably you you would get more pushback culturally from your family than I would probably from mine. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, so, and I think about you know my wife's family because my wife is a Latina, and so mm-hmm. um, her her mom lives with us. She speaks no English. Her her sister lives with us, and so we have a lot of family interactions. And they have a very large extended family um, that they connect with and and work with in different ways. But the way they set boundaries is always so interesting to me because of the way the culture is and the yes. things you can say, the things you can't say, and who you can and can't say them to. Whereas in my family, being a white family, I'm just like, I'll just say it to whoever. That's the way we all are. We all just speak our minds and nobody has a problem. And Absolutely. you just got to get up. If they have a problem, you're blocked. I'll unblock you when I'm over it. Like That's, that's just <laughs> the way we deal with it. But my wife's family, they don't deal with it like that. And I'm sure you deal with it differently too. Absolutely. Like I, I am not trying to lose my life at 31 years old. <laughs> no, but, but for real. And I would say definitely with having um, children um, and having to set those boundaries with my family was, um, was difficult because again, like we're all in this together. We're all a unit. Um, we don't really focus on the, on the individual. It's more of like that village mindset. Well, we all have equal say. And then a couple of times I'm like, well, well, no, like I, I want to do it this way. Um, so for example, I'm thinking about like nursing. I wanted to nurse my children. And that was something that had not been done in my family at all. It's, there's definitely still some disparities, um, within like, choosing to, you know, breastfeed your children, especially in the, in the black and brown community. So it, there were a lot of comments were made, a lot of jokes were made. Mm -hmm. And and finally I had to say, this is, this is what I'm trying out. I need you to be supportive of me because when you make these comments, you think it's funny, but it's really harming my mental health and making it more difficult for me. And that was so difficult. I know my voice was shaking a lot when I was trying to have these conversations with my family. But after that, it was like, okay, well, we're that village. We're protecting you. Like, oh, you're looking at my sister some kind of way because she is nursing her child right here. I will get in your face type of thing. <laughs> like supporting each other. Um, or hey, I think, you know, I think the baby's hungry. Like, here you go. Mm-hmm. Not instead of saying, Well, if you would have just gotten him a bottle, like right. I would have been able to feed him. So um, I would say once you do it, I think it kind of switches the mindset of the people that you're doing it for. And they're if they truly care about you, they'll take it in stride and they'll respect it. Well, you know, as you were talking, I reflected over the last year or so about boundaries and thinking, you know, I saw said earlier that boundaries were easy or hard for me, different things like that. But when I reflect over the last year and a half, I think boundaries has been very difficult for me uh, because I've had to set a lot of boundaries either because of the political conversation, mm-hmm. because of the race conversation, or because of me having kids and COVID conversation. Absolutely. And so I think, you know, those boundaries have been very difficult within my family because everybody's got different beliefs and ideas and, and things like that. And so, especially when it came to protecting my wife as a pregnant woman during this Mm -hmm. time, and then wanting to protect my children now that they're here, you know, when you have some of those boundaries that you set up, if you will not get vaccinated, you cannot meet your grandchildren and hold them. Like you can see them from afar, but especially with new variants, my choice 
is to keep my child protected in this way until they can become vaccinated themselves. And so that was a very scary conversation to have. I because bet. I love my family. I want them to be there. I want my boys to experience a relationship with them. But if my family has their belief and their reasoning of why they don't want to get the vaccine, you do you, but we're going to have to put a wall here for now because I have the number one goal of protecting my children and my wife. And so they'll be and my wife are vaccinated and my wife just got her second shot yesterday or the day before. Um, and so now that we're fully vaccinated, we feel safe, but you, we could still bring something home to our kids. So it's, absolutely it's, that those boundaries have been difficult. And those are newer boundaries that I have never had to, because politically I could ignore people and, and ignore comments that my family said, but when COVID hits and you're at home and all you do is see what they post online or all they want to do is talk about on the phone. I'm like, right. I'm put some, some boundaries here for sure. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I, I'm glad that you brought up the, the pandemic because, you know, boundaries are constantly evolving mm -hmm. and your boundaries are allowed to change what you yes. accepted before. You don't have to accept tomorrow. And um, people <laughs> need to be understanding of that, especially that, you know, no is a complete sentence. No, yeah. no. I'm sorry. Can I come over and see the um, like you could do a no because but you don't have to. You can just say, no, I'm not comfortable with that. No, absolutely. And and, and just standing, standing your ground with that, because like you had said, it, it's my choice. Mm -hmm. This is my choice. And this is this is uh, this aligns with the values that I have set, especially with you know myself and with my families, for sure. So, you know, we've talked a lot about us and our kind of growth in that area and different thoughts that we've had about this. You know, there's going to be people listening who are on all um, ways, the spectrum of them setting yes. their own boundaries and some who don't know how to set any boundaries and are like we talked about earlier, you and I before of just running ourselves ragged, trying to be everything right. to everybody. So, I mean, we probably need to give people something that they can at least start with. So for you, you know, what would you say to people that are listening and, and they may not even know where to begin, or they may say, Jahora and Todd, I've set a boundary before and I've made it clear, but I went back on it and I didn't hold firm to it. Or they pushed me hard enough that I just said, fine, okay, we can do this. Like how do, how do we help them? Absolutely. Um, so you know, it's not a one size fits fits all fit one size fits all. Okay, yes. yes. <laughs> um, but I would say I always stop and think about my why. Why do I feel that this is a boundary necessary for me to set? And usually, it ends up being like the, because it it protects my my mental health. Mm -hmm. And then when I focus on my why, I'm able to kind of cling on onto it more because I'm again protecting myself. Um, and then when I'm communicating it with other people, I found that if you are just firm in saying it, a lot of people are shocked and they just kind of accept it. So like, <laughs> you know, no, I'm not comfortable with this. Yeah. And then you have that kind of sense of that finality in your voice of I'm not comfortable with this period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, you don't have to yell at them. I mean, but do you, but just know, I didn't tell you to yell at them, <laughs> <laughs> but just say, you know, I, I'm not comfortable with this. When you start kind of attaching it to like how it makes you feel like mm -hmm. I'm not comfortable with this. I'm not ready for this. Yeah. Um, this is not something I would like to do. Then, um, you're able to communicate with 
uh, that to people. So we can talk about that first step of how do you have that conversation? Then we can talk about um, what to do if people keep pushing you on it. Yeah. And, you know, and before we jump into how do we have that conversation, I think for me, when I think about the best advice I could give someone who doesn't even know where to begin with setting those boundaries or perhaps failure in the past, I think you really have to value yourself before you can um, successfully set boundaries. And I think that that is probably the most difficult, or at least for me, has been the most difficult aspect in valuing myself enough to say that these boundaries are necessary for my mental health, for the mental health of my family. Um, And if that means you need to go seek out professional support, then do that. I don't think there's, and you and I both are big, big uh, supporters of uh, therapy and and seeing those conversations because that helped both of us find our voice in different ways. And so I think- until you know to value yourself, you're never going to be able to set a boundary that you can keep permanently or keep however long necessary. I mean, not every boundary is permanent, but to keep however long necessary. So let's jump into what you were talking about, Jahora. What was the first thing? So I said, knowing your why, what is the reason behind um, why you are setting this boundary? And then you don't have to have these long, elaborate conversations, just have that sense of finality. I'm not comfortable with this. I am not ready for this. And then um, do you have any tips of how to broach that conversation before we talk about, hey, like this person keeps pushing me on that? How to broach the conversation of how to begin the uh, boundaries? Yes. You know, for me, I think it's just, I have to get to a point where it's bothering me or hurting mm-hmm. me. And then I really don't have a problem with setting the boundary when I get to that point because my right. personality is very much of a, uh-uh, this is not going to continue like this. Like you're yes. not going to speak to me like that or you're not going to show up in these places or you're not going to expect this of me when it's not expected of others who can complete the same amount of work. Like I, I really, when I get to that point, that's like my frustration level where setting that boundary, it's easy. And that's probably a fault of mine that I wait until it gets to that point. I probably need to identify triggers a little earlier to set more protective boundaries instead of getting so frustrated and then be like, okay, here's what it's going to be. And they're like, whoa, where did that come from? And I'm like, sorry, you pushed me too far. This is what's going to (laughs) be. That's true. That's true. So you made a good point, like identifying your triggers or thinking about like, like if you're a new parent, for example, like, like disciplining your children or things like that. There are different aspects um, as it pertains to parenting that you can kind of start that conversation with yourself or with your partner about what you will allow and what you will not allow. Um, So that can kind of help you with establishing those boundaries early on before you get ready to fight somebody. (laughs) Yes. Because that, 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 that comes for all of us. <laughs> right, exactly. So, okay. So now setting boundaries and uh, reinforcing those boundaries, mm-hmm. I guess, for people who continue to push you on it. You know, I think when, when I look at this and that, I think there's always going to be somebody who's going to push that boundary. Who's going to mm-hmm. say, you know, is this legit? Or who thinks that it is such a stupid boundary that they're going to go around it. And it's been very difficult for me, but for me, that's when I know I probably need to remove that person from my life. Absolutely. Um, not necessarily permanently, but for the time being saying, okay, you know what? You're not respecting what I've asked you to do in my life or what I've asked you to respect in my life. So I'm going to need to put some space here. Um, I don't think any less of you. I, I, this hurts me to do, but I, to protect myself, I just need to take a step back. And so when I'm ready 
I'll reach out and I'll let you know that I'm ready to continue this friendship, whatever. But right now I need that space in my life. And, and there has been family and friends that I've had to say, this is becoming very toxic. And I don't know how to stop this from being toxic other than saying, I need to step away for a minute because I don't want to hurt you by saying something I regret. And I also don't want to be frustrated with myself by making a decision that I'm going to regret. And so I know if I take a step back when I'm ready, I'll walk back towards you and, and we can see if you're ready too. And we can try to move forward. Todd, you have all the words. That is perfect. I'm like, okay, guys, this is what you do. Step one of ghosting these people. Okay. <laughs> so first you just don't answer. Like, instead of answering every, every single text message, only answer every other text message. <laughs> hey, you got to do you, Jahora. That's what you, that's, that's what works for you. And I think people, because I'm so extroverted and so social, I think people start to get the hint that yeah. I'm putting space between them without me saying, hey, I'm putting space between you. Although I love that strategy that I'm going to be adding into my toolbox of, hey, I need to put some space between us. Um, but I, I I love that. Yeah, for, for me, it's more of a now like. I'm not drawing attention to this, but this is someone that I know might try to push my boundary. So to avoid that, I'm not even going to um, allow them into my space until I'm um, ready to kind of have that strong voice again in uh, reinforcing my boundary. Well, you know, and, and I know that a weakness of mine that I've been constantly working on is I can tend to be really passive aggressive too, um, because I don't like conflict um, and I don't like those moments. And so... Uh, you know, when you were talking about ghosting them, I was like, yeah, there's times where I'll be like, okay, let me ignore this text for four hours and yeah, see but... if you respond again. Because if you don't respond again, fine, we're putting the space. It's over because you know I always text back right away. And so I know that I can be passive aggressive in that way too. And I totally own it. I totally own it. I'm working through it. That's a, that's one of my biggest things to work through is, is my insecurity and my passive aggressiveness. Right. So I know that that's there. So I totally relate to what you said too. Yeah, just like, okay, um, I am not ready to tell you that I'm putting space between you. So I'm just going to put space between you by being passive aggressive. <laughs> and you better and figure it out. <laughs> exactly. So you knew you pushed me and this is what's happened. Okay. So don't push me anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And <laughs> if you're not going to come with that apology way. ready to go, then I don't right. even need to try to fix this because you, you know, you did wrong because I, I started ghosting you. You knew it. Exactly. That, that and I don't simple. ghost anybody. <laughs> Love it. So everybody listening, if you take our advice and it totally blows up in your face, just know we are not professionally licensed <laughs> to give this advice. We're just talking about our life. So please don't do it. We'll go back and say, well, Jahora and Todd said to do this and I did it. And then they came at me. <laughs> That's on you. Ghost, you got to nope. do you. We are not responsible for these <laughs> consequences and ramifications, y'all. We're just trying to start the conversation and you exactly. do what works for you. Exactly. <laughs> we are so not guess, trying to pose. As you know, so I guess the way we, we we close this out then is, you know, how do we give people hope? How do how do we move? How do we keep this going forward? How do how do we not let this stop at one boundary or one failed decision? I found that once you successfully established a boundary, it's easier to continue doing. Mm. Um, Yes. Yeah, so once once you've like, oh, I did this and I found success in it, then it kind of shows your mind like, oh, I can do this again. I didn't, you know, absolutely die when I put up this boundary the last time. Um, so it makes it easier to continue doing. Um, once you start having like the words and those strategies in your toolbox, you're able to continue like 
knowing how to talk to different people and in different spaces that you're trying to um, establish those boundaries. I love what you just said there. And what I'll play off of is what you ended with. And that was knowing the different people in the different spaces, because the way that you successfully set a boundary with someone might not work with the next person. You've got to know how to have those conversations, what things to put in place to protect you, but to not do it in like an evil way. Exactly. (laughs) I think that you you said you had some great advice there too. So, and as a person of color, um, one way that I found success, especially with speaking to like my, you know, white administration, um, when setting a boundary saying, you know, I am at a point of racial fatigue and this is not something that I can, um, that this is not a conversation that I can have right now, or this, uh, you know, I'm just tired. And yeah. with, you know, some of my, my, my white coworkers, I say, you know, as the person of color in the situation, I need my white allies to step up. And then they're able to kind of establish those boundaries um, and advocate for me on my behalf. So as a person of color, I definitely wanted to, to share that. I love that. I think that's such a great way to end this conversation. So yes. Laura and I want to thank everybody for joining us for episode two of Honestly, Let's Talk. And we'll see you again for episode three as we decide what we want to talk about next. Yes. Bye, guys.